Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. I'm your host, David Tyree. Super excited to have y'all join us again. We are back every week taking you through that process, that journey that's delivering you to your next moment. This week, I'm super excited. I got none other than New York's own Justin Ashley of Ashley Racing. Hey, thanks for checking in with me, man. Appreciate you having me on, man. I heard so many good things about this podcast. It's finally time I'm here. Brett, listen... Listen, if I, if I could have had you on as the, as the inaugural guest, why not? But no, nah, man, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, means a lot, man. Like, listen, so, of course, you know, you got to do your little Google search. And I'm like, bro, 27 years old, Ashley Racing is here. Ashley Development is actually yeah. a real thing. So, you know, you're not even 30. You're recognized within, within your sport that I don't know much about. So you're going to give me some education here, right? What is your most cherished accomplishment today? You know what's crazy is I'm 27, right? I, I fix and flip houses. I'm a professional race car driver, and it's great. But when you think back to what your most cherished moment is, it comes from all the work and stuff that you, you, it takes to actually yeah. get to that point, right? So it really all started when I was 11. And, and my most cherished moment to date is probably my first ever professional race win, right? It's, it's like when you won the Super Bowl, right? It's like it means everything to you. That's the work that you put in to get to that point. Mm. So to actually see that realization sure. and actually be there be in that moment, that was amazing. Now, how old were you with that first win? It was a few years ago, so I was about 25. 25? Yeah. Because I, I remember reading exactly about that. So, you know, I've obviously learned that your dad was into drag racing. Yeah. Now, you know, like, I, know, I, could, I could imagine the emergence of sports like drag racing in light of, you know, just where we are in media today, social media, and the growth. Um, what has been your visual, and what really inspired you to actually – get involved and kind of following those footsteps. Yeah, so I grew up around the racetrack. Sure. Right? My father raced, so I was at the track when I was 9, 10 years old, but what attracted me to the sport was the people. Right? Okay. It's really a family atmosphere and a team atmosphere. So these cars go 0 to 330 miles per hour in under 4 seconds. Bro. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? So when you think about that, and it's the speed, but how about the acceleration, how quickly they get to that 300-plus miles per hour? See, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, you know, we over here rejoicing over Cheetah. You know, Cheetah's down there <laughs> with the Miami Dolphins. Right, you know, yeah. And y'all going 300 miles an hour on the track. Right. Now, I, the first question I have is how long, I mean, I know the races are done in like four seconds, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, under Four seconds or under. What's the actual distance to the race? So the race itself is 1,000 feet. Wow, yeah. bro. So, 1,000 feet. So that's 300 yards, 300 yards plus. Yep. Three football yep. fields. Yep, three football fields in under four seconds. Yeah. Whoa, that is, <laughs> yo, y'all talk about getting somewhere fast. Yeah. All right, so, I mean, you grew up, you, you grew up within it, within it. That's a neat thing. It's kind of like looking at the ball boy. I think Larry Fitzgerald has yeah. a similar story of growing up around the sport, ends up becoming the most, one of the most dominant wide receivers in the sport. So it sounds like there's some themes within it. Was there, was there ever any question that this was what you wanted to do? Was there ever any interest as you're evolving as a young man and making your own decisions. Yeah, so as I was evolving, as I was growing up, I was going to school, I went to college, and I was trying to figure out, okay, what do I love? What do I want to do with the rest of my life? And I just, 
kept coming back to this one sticking point, which was drag racing. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because growing up, I was around the track, but my father basically was like, listen, Justin, you don't need to do this. You shouldn't yeah. be racing. You should focus on your education and everything else. I'm like, listen, dad, this is just sometimes it's just the way it is. I fell in love with this sport, right? Just like you love football the same way. Yeah. So I always knew I needed to be involved in some capacity. And as I got older, I realized how much I needed that competitiveness, mm -hmm. how much I wanted to be involved with the people wanted to be involved in the sport for the rest of my life. And each day, literally, I learned more and more about the sport itself. All right, that's, that's, that's super dope. Okay, all right, so we got to ask every guest when we come, we'll try to ask you early, right? And this is, you know, we, get, we build in this database. So, you know, where were you and what were your thoughts when you actually saw the helmet catch almost 15 years? <laughs> I remember, it's funny you say that because I bet you everyone asks you about it too, right? Wherever that's, that's you go. That's usually what, you know, they ask me what I was thinking. I'm more right. interested in what you were thinking. Right, so I was thinking, <laughs> I remember exactly where I was. I was watching the Super Bowl with my family. And uh, I remember the whole thing like it was yesterday. I remember Eli Manning escaping the sack. No doubt. Rolling out, throwing it. And I just remember watching you go up. I think it was, was it Rodney Harrison who was on your back? No doubt. He's not my biggest fan or friend. Yeah, I, I could imagine why. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? So <laughs> I remember seeing that. And my first thought was, A, did this really happen? And B, did he actually just hold on to the ball? Yeah. Right? And then they show the replay and they show it actually you actually physically putting it against the helmet. Yeah. But see, the part that I wonder about, which people don't think about is, okay, he did that, right? But how did he get the opportunity to do that? What put him in a position to be able to do that? Because I know it started way before Syracuse, <laughs> right? It started, I'm sure, in peewee football and all that stuff, working listen, hard to get to that point. Well, listen, I think that's kind of what this is really all about. It's really, you know, and we'll keep, we'll keep this thing going, but it's really about how are you either getting or creating the opportunities Right, and there are there are iconic moments for some people like yourself. You're still young in your in your professional career. There's going to be many more victories that may mean more than the first. But you you encounter these moments of significance. But there's all always this process that is delivering you there. I certainly have mine. So you know, when did you know? All right, so like all right, so you you, you talk about this this these, these conversations with your dad, you know, and, and I'm imagining he just has to be such a big part. Yeah. Of, of who you become. So when did you know, and what was that conversation like with your dad? Like, I want to drive this machine that, that's about, <laughs> to, <laughs> about to take off and go 300 miles an hour. So, you know, right. like I said, you said, you said it was college, and he's like, is, is this it? Was it that moment, or were y'all having previous discussions? Well, I need to preface it by saying that I could not have this conversation with my mother because she wants me to play golf or tennis and not go 300 miles per hour. So I had to make sure I had my father first. <laughs> of course, see, everything, everything's a little bit strategic. So that was strategic. So you had to position yourself, yeah. get an investor, right? Yeah, that's all. That's all. Just get somebody who's on my side. So I grew up around there, right? So I started racing when I was 11, but I was more focused on my education. I was playing sure. stick and ball sports at the time. Yeah. Um, and then after school, basically, I sat down with my father and said, listen, this is the journey that I want to take. You've been there, done that you know, help me, provide me with some guidance. How do you think the best way to go about it is to get to this professional level? So the way I kind of equate it is like minor league baseball, right? right. So there's single A, double A, triple A. Yeah. There's all these different racing levels. So you start at a low level sure. and work your way up. And, you know, five, six years later, I'm racing professionally now. But when we sat down, the conversation was like, hey, dad, this is what I want to do. And my dad's like, you sure? You sure you want to do this? You want to think <laughs> twice about this? I'm like, listen, this is what I want to do. And I'm fortunate, right? I feel yeah. very fortunate to have him in my life. And, and he's That's my good. biggest fan. 
He really is. He's guided me, helped me get to this position. That's, that's so dope to hear you say that. You know, I guess we were having a little chat offline, and my oldest son is 20 years old. He's, he's dynamic. He's intelligent. And, um, but like you said, you, you found yeah. something that you were involved in, ingratiated in, and you, you made a decision, and you had those people. So when I consider something on the, anything on the high-performance level, yeah. it's usually taking other factors involved outside of our own ambition, yeah. grit, and determination, and it sounds like your dad was a big part of it. So, all right, so so pivot. Like like I said, here I am. I'm 42. I'm just kind of figuring out my business imprint, getting into the marketplace. I've been in sports right. my whole life. You're 27. Ashley races. Ashley Racing is 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 on board. But where does this whole real estate thing? <laughs> <laughs> like you caught yeah. you, you kind of caught me on yeah. guard with that one, bro. It's it's such a loaded question because so it was like one of the principles I had going into my racing career was you know what. I never want to be dependent upon racing. I want to be involved in business so I understand. It'll help me better understand the business aspect of racing. But also, I want to establish another career for myself outside of racing. Now, with that being said, racing, and I love it. This makes me so happy. It's really taking over my life, right? (laughs) Which is, you know, I find myself waking up in the morning, going to work on real estate. That lasts about like a half hour. But then the rest of the work is, is on the racing side and the business side of racing. So sure. it still has a place in my life. I still love real estate, right? Yeah. You said now you're into business. So I love the business of real estate. But, you know, I also, part of me feels like I do need to be all in on what I'm doing right now. And, mm. you know, we have sponsors, we have partners, people that we need to represent as a team. So now a lot of my focus is really on the racing side. That's good. That's good. Listen, it's good to hear you say because, you know, yeah. if you check in your website, you got the fix, flipping fuel, which is a nice little series. I know that was a few years ago. <laughs> and um, But like I said, number one, what I saw was a young man who was interested in, we hear the term diversification. Even from a stock portfolio standpoint, it's like you should be diversified, not have everything vested in one area. But ultimately, if you're really going to maximize an area of high performance, you, you recognize the need to get narrow, right? So right. not taking away any opportunities, but I can see from the look in your eye, you got that, <laughs> that eye of the tiger like, yeah. no, nah, I'm trying to be the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Well, that's what people say. Like, what's your goal in racing? I say, and you could probably appreciate this, right? I say, I want to be the best ever. Yeah. So they look at me like I have 10 heads. I'm like, I don't, for me, like, why else would I be here? Mm. Right? This is what I want okay. to do. This yeah. is my goal. I want to be the best to ever do it. I expect to win everything. Now, it's not easy. No. You know, I can win every race you attend, but just like, you know, when you're running around, I'm sure you expect to catch the football. No doubt. It's the same thing. And right? I didn't get a lot of football stuff my way, you know? <laughs> Special <laughs> teams. Special teams, though. That's There you go. Everybody has their role. I expected, I literally expected to make every tackle. Right. Like, you know, in my, in my mind. And, of course, there's a part of the practical side where you're like, well, I'm not going to make everyone, but I really expect to make every tackle. Right. And it's, and it's you know, so something in you, there's a, there's a mental dynamic in relation right. to high performance that, that you're wired to ensure that you're getting the highest highest results and highest return. So, you know, let me flip back because I'm always interested in, like, you know, the mental framework yeah. of, of, of any person in, in life and business and kind of the mindset dynamic. What has the, been the biggest either frustration or pain point that you've had to weather up to this point? You know, like, whether it's your, you know, your team or, you know. Right. So, like, how have you had to work through some of those things that's building some of your character? Yeah. Where you're going. I mean, you said it. it's a great, honestly, it's a great subject because the physical aspect of driving is one thing, but how about the mental aspect, sure. right? And going through all that you have to go through to build that character. So, I mean, for me, there's been plenty of times where, you know, I look myself in the mirror and I'm like, man, 
is this really worth a journey? You know what I mean? Is this really worth it? Because you go through their struggles where, you know what, I'm not driving as well as I want to. Or I get up in a big situation and I don't do my job. Just I remember I landed my first real big sponsor last year nice. in 2021, and we did it. We made a huge deal out of it, right? For all the media and all that's part of the deal. Cool. They came out to the racetrack. We had a press conference, and and I went out there all jacked up, all excited, <laughs> dude. I blew it like right away, right? So like this is the biggest race of my life at that point, and I just did not do my job, right? It mm. cost my team the race, and. What I had to realize was, and it took me a good, you know, 24 to 48 hours to realize, you know what, this didn't happen to me. It happened for me, right? Uh, Look okay. at it that way. Like, how am I going to take this experience now Come on, audience, and learn catch from that? it Yeah, and learn from it? So, you know, I think, you know, experiences like that, let's be honest, they suck, right? They, they suck in the moment. They are brutal, but yeah. it's what you do with it that puts you in a position mentally and physically to be better at it next time. Bro, that's, that's huge, right? Because it's not... And I think, you know, we're, we're in an age where everybody's showing so much of their journey. and I, there's, there's a lot more transparency these days, but everything's not always a conversation. And I, and, I, and I found it the same way. Some of my story had been told in relation to the helmet catch, but the Friday before was the worst practice I ever had as a professional. No kidding. Yeah, literally. So, I mean, <laughs> trust me, it's, it's a well-told story. You know, Eli, <laughs> Eli likes to actually yeah. uh, throw bark. I dropped everything wrong. I mean, like, now here's the deal. I blame it all on bicycle Burst because... <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah he's, you know, he was supposed to be in practice. You know what I'm saying? I ended okay. up taking all his starting reps. Okay. You know, dropping all the passes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you don't have that, you know, uh, you know, wash, rinse, repeat mentality, waking up, starting each day afresh, knowing that you can deliver the dime when the right. lights are on, it's going to be hard to deliver. If you don't learn from that experience, have that moment of sobriety then, um, yeah, we're, we're going to miss opportunities, man. So that's super-duper. Um, wow. Who, like, you, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that, Dad, like, so who are some of your inspirations, whether it's in the sport or the people that you draw from, yeah. even on a daily, weekly basis, that kind of just keep you motivated, keep you on track? Who are some of those people that are filling, filling your tank? Yeah, so there's a guy named Antron Brown, okay. who, who's my teammate, and ironically, he's cousins with Troy Vincent. Get out right. of here. No kidding, right? And he's Troy Vincent running the NFLPA, right? Yeah. Well, so, he, he, run, he runs the, the league on the operating side. So he's the VP of, right, okay. of, of all things. Right. <laughs> Top three exactly. Yeah, big, right, big, so big they're time. really close. So actually when Antron first started racing, it was Troy Vincent's team. He raced the bikes and everything. So Antron and Troy are very close. Get so, out of here, Small bro. world, right? So that's my guy. He brought me in at the league office, and that's when I was doing all the Okay, yeah. See, so there you go. So... I think it's important to have guys that you can model yourself after. So something that was important to me was, was watching Antron, but he's a great driver. Three world mm. championships, he's great at what he does, but the way he represented himself and his sponsors off the track. Because mm. it's so important, literally 90% of racing is business. And the other wow. 10% is actually being out there racing. So modeling myself after a guy like that has been an inspiration for me. And now, you know, I've been watching him growing up. Now we're teammates. Sure. Um, really, he's been somebody that I can lean on and say, listen, you know, I did not have my best day today. What happened? And you know how this goes. Nine times out of ten, I'll be like, get out of here. Forget about it. You know what I mean? That, that happens. Like, you have those practices. But it's all part of the deal. But he's a guy that, that I've been able to lean on. That's, that's super dope, man. Big shout out to, uh, to, to TV. He's been keeping me in the dark on some of his... Some of his, <laughs> some of his, <laughs> some his motorsports endeavors. Yeah, some of yeah. his motorsports endeavors. You got to ask him. You got to ask him. I'm trying to get him. down on yeah, this. Yeah, you yeah. know, so... <laughs> That's, that's super, super dope, man. So, all right, so, bro, you know, like you're emerging in this. You're telling me about, and that's, that's pretty interesting to hear you say 90% of it being business and yeah. 10% performance is very similar to the mental 
versus the physical performance. So, all right, so what is your favorite part of this entire experience? Yeah, winning. No, I'm just kidding. That's always nice, yes. right? That's always a nice bonus. Let's go. That's always a nice bonus. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Getting out and, right, like taking your helmet off and that feeling of winning and jubilation. But what, what I really enjoy is these, right, so we have like 12 guys on our team, right? Sure. And every time we take the car back after a pass, mm-hmm. they have 45 minutes to 55 minutes to take the whole car apart and put it back together. So, so I mean, that, this, this, this is mind-boggling. Right. I don't even understand it, bro. Right. <laughs> like, That's why I got to get to get you out to a race so you can see it. I bet. So you do all that work. And so I always say kind of I have, I have the easy job, right? I'm the, I'm the one who gets all the glory for whatever reason. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm the one who just gets to sit in the car and drive and enjoy it. Yeah. Right? So these guys, so my favorite part is watching these guys go to work on such quick turns in 90-plus degree heat and then going out there and racing and winning and seeing the satisfaction mm. they have when you get back to see them after. You know, forgive me for this for this crazy perverse statement, but I just when I think about your four seconds of fame, it's almost like you know ejaculating. It's like you know, it's like you know all the work that these guys are putting in all throughout the week. It's like me pursuing my wife. You know, I'm I've been romancing her all day. Well, well since Syracuse, really, it's, it's since been, Syracuse. Syracuse. I'm yeah. 18 years married. I still got I got to put so much work in just for just to get to the end of the night. Four seconds of fame. <laughs> Four seconds of fame. <laughs> that, that's where I come in with my uh, appreciate that, but no comment. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. All right, so then I got to go there, bro. You, you're in your prime. You're driven. All right, so what is what is off off the track look like for Justin Ash? It's tough, and, and you might have had this the same deal, right? But even when you're off the track, for whatever reason, I'm just thinking about racing. You know, I mean, it's what I love, but at the same time, I think it's important to create a degree of separation. You have mm. to to have that mental edge. So focused on real estate when I'm not at the track, okay. focused on staying physically and mentally fit. You know, I have my process that I go through to make sure I'm prepared when I do get to the track. So it, it's thinking about and preparing for when it is time to race, but at the sure. same time, focusing on family. Family is very important to me. Um, spending time with my family and, and, and spending time doing exercise and, and other things to create that separation. Sure, sure. They want So they are super loyal right. to the brands that, that support the sport. So it's really nice, and they're passionate yeah. about the sport itself. I mean, they love going to the racetrack. They're engaged. And one of the unique part about our sport is that, and it's even different in NASCAR, you actually physically, they say every ticket is a pit pass. So all the pits are lined up, and you have 25,000, 50,000 fans a race. They just walk up and down the pits, be able to speak with the drivers, engage with the teams. and oh, it's, it's a really nice family atmosphere. I definitely got to come check you all yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Now, like I said, now you, you already mentioned, like, you're of the minority over here in New York, yeah. being raised in New York, so it's definitely not, like, a, a, big, a big conversation, but it's super-duper intriguing. So, like, talk to me again about, like, where the hub is, how it's worked for you, and, like, just the experience of, I think you said Indianapolis is yeah, kind of, yeah. So talk to me about just what travel can look like and how you manage that. Yeah, so... We are based out of Indianapolis, and most NHRA drag racing teams are based in Indianapolis. Okay. The reason being is because it's centrally located. Got it. So we race 22 times a year, anywhere from Pennsylvania to California. So that's where most of the shops are because it's the most convenient. It just makes the most sense. So for me, being from New York, there's been times where I thought about moving to Indianapolis, but sure. it's not really necessary maybe in the future. But at this point in time with the business going on and everything sure. like that, uh, it just makes more sense for me to stay here. But these guys, I mean, we have two 53-foot trailers that travel from race to race and, and carry everything. <laughs> so they are the truck driver. It's a tough job, man. And he does a really good job. But it's Amazing. a lot of travel, right, all around. And there's a few weekends off, but for the most part, it's a lot of racing. So 
Or y'all gotta, uh, y'all gotta let me know if y'all need a mascot. Yeah, right. <laughs> you be I'm careful. You come to the race, we'll stick you in the car. We'll see how you like it. <laughs> y'all let me know, y'all need, because <laughs> I'm over here putting this putting this stuff together. All right, is there ever been a moment where you've been scared? Like you know, I, I look at the dragster coming out the gate, and I'm looking at fire. Right. <laughs> right. 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 I know. I know. <laughs> like so, has there ever been a, a the the Oh crap moment! Like, what? I mean, there's been the the old crap moment was when I first drove a top fuel car. So before that's the category I race in now. That's the professional over 330 miles per hour. Before that, I drove a car that went let's say 280, 285 miles an hour. So I'm thinking, <laughs> listen, it's 285 to 330. Come on, what's the difference, right, dude? I got in that car to this day. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> I have zero clue about what happened. All I know is I got out of the car at the top end because my mind couldn't process what was happening quick enough. Uh, it was just happening too fast. But like sports, over time, it slows down. So that 3.7 seconds mm. now feels like 23.7 seconds. But that was the one time where I was like, damn, Justin, like you better make sure this is what you want to do with the rest of your life because this is serious business. Well, this is crazy. So this is always one of my big takeaways. It's like anytime you, you go into something that's new, there's, it, there's like a, a learning curve. It's, it appears to be way more difficult than it actually is. Right. And if you difficult might not be the word, but you you sharing that kind of reminds me. It's like, man, I'm comfortable with high speed, right? <laughs> right. Until I enter that next domain, it's like, oh crap. So so when you went from Syracuse, right, you went straight to the Giants. Yeah. Okay. So you were drafted, drafted by the Giants. Okay. As so a special teams player, was there? That's right. <laughs> was there a significant difference? And like they talk about the speed of the game, right? Was there a significant difference? Or was it like, okay, I, I've been there. I've done that before. It, it wasn't a significant difference. I'll tell you why. Syracuse was so intense with their mental component of, okay. of the game. So we were doing stuff way harder than it needed to be done. Wow. So the strength of my, of my game and my approach was just being able to learn the game, learn every position. And, of course, different guys, depending on their skill level, they're, they're going to kind of like, you know, if this guy's so good, we'll have a focus on one position. That was never my thing. I was always right. teaching myself concepts, teaching the game conceptually. So by the time I get to the National Football League, that was almost what was expected. And those who couldn't do that as quickly fell behind in the learning curve. Right. So I knew I wasn't I, – I mean, like, honestly, when I, the, biggest, the biggest jump for me was high school to college. Yeah. It was like, you know – you know, you, you, you kind of like that dude in high school. You get to <laughs> college. Right. I'm Donna yeah. McNabb. I, I never, you know, my, my quarterback <laughs> was in Division One. Big right. shout, B. Roth. I love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. You know, it was a whole nother ball game. You know, right. they want you to catch at 90%. I'm catching at 78%. Right. It was it was just different. And so that red shirt was, was needed. It was okay. like, and of course, taking time away from it was wild. But, um, yeah, it's those mental modalities where you had to it's, – it's those who can slow down yeah. the game to perform the fastest, right? Right. And that's really what begins to set you apart, I, I, I believe. I'm, I'm imagining it's similar. So who in, – in your world, like how are you assessing the competition? Like, and like I know there's teams, right? Like you got teammates. Oh, yeah. You know, a um, little shake and bake going on and out. <laughs> oh, right. No, there's right. no time for shake and bake in four seconds, right? <laughs> But you got teammates, but then you got, like, real – so, like, who who are the people that you're gunning for? Yeah, so – Has there been somebody that's been at the top? I haven't got a chance to do yeah, that to dive. Who's, yeah. been, who's been at the top? Who you gunning for? And even right now, who would you say is, like, a – I'll let you talk through it, but who's 
Who's like your he most heated, who you coming up against, <laughs> rubbing up against often? Yeah, so I hate to even use this word, the P word, right? But you think about like the Patriots in the NFL. There you like go. Like in the, their dynasty. Yeah, yeah. I don't like using that word. <laughs> you use, you use, you use the worry, Patriots word. Don't worry, we can word, talk right? bad about it. Okay, I'll okay, take okay. sides. Okay, all right, all right. So, so there's this guy, and he's a, he makes it hard not to, he's a great dude, right? His okay. name is Steve Torrance. He's won the championship four years in a row God. in our category, right? So everybody's gunning for this dude. And you got... <laughs> 20, 25 people gunning for this one dude. So he's got the target on his back. So there's something that just brings out the best in you when it's you versus him, your team versus his team. Sure. It just naturally starts to come out. But at the same time, there's so much good competition all around that you can't, you know, for lack of a better term, take your foot off the gas. No. You really can't because there's such little margin for error, especially now. There's a large depth of comp competition right now with sure. where we're at and and it's tough out there, but he's a guy in particular. Like, when you go up there, you better be on your A game or he's going to take you out quick. Ooh. Yeah. Like, this, to me, in my, in my brain, it, I can only imagine, right? It's like, that's, this, this race is over so fast. Yeah. What, it, what the factors involved, and I, and I heard you say this on, on one of your shows, like, the data, right? Like, y'all are oh, practicing, yeah. getting reps, and it's the data. Like, what are the what are the slip ups that are beginning to like? Give me one, maybe one or two examples of, you know, you identify what may what caused you to lose this race right. by a millisecond. So, well, you said it; they're decided by such such small margins that, yeah. and, and there's so many factors, so many variables that decide that small margin. I mean, so you know, these cars ideally you want them to go straight, right? It's drag racing; you want to go straight and and as, as quickly as you can go from point A to point B, but that doesn't always happen because these cars have 11,000 horsepower. It's, it's a lot of horsepower. I can't register, bro. Right, like, right, right. I don't See, even get it. That's what I'm saying. So 11, So you have to be able to control all that power okay. and create traction, and that doesn't always happen. So a lot of times a big part about being a driver is feel. What you feel is happening in the car. Okay. So a lot of times what you have to do is the tires will start to say what we call either smoking the tires or shaking the tires. Okay. Where the tires, instead of being round, they'll square up. And it's like going over bumps on a road. Oh, so what you snap. have to do is you have to get off the pedal and back on the pedal. But when you do that, and it happened to me this past weekend, we were racing in Seattle, the car doesn't want to go straight anymore. Right? So when it doesn't want to go straight and you got cars that are so explosive and they want to go left and they want to go right, but they don't want to go straight and you got to keep it straight – that's, you know, those are the things that, that cause you to lose races by very small margins. So uh, as a driver, you really have to have that feel and understanding for the race car. So then it's now the intuitive nature of, right. of the racer. And this is when you, this is where you earn your... This is where you earn your key. This is where you earn your key. Right, this okay. is where you're... These are, these are the little details, like, <laughs> under, you have to have a good understanding of the car and what happens, like, these, you know, I'm sure what's, you know, like, talk about, like, Peyton Manning, right? What separates sure. him is having such a good understanding of the defensive coverages and understanding of the game sure. and how all that stuff works. It's this sim not to that extent, but very similar with drivers because when you get to that top 1% of drivers, it's those little things that are going to separate them. Oh, so, so we, so we got it for Steve Torrance and, and, <laughs> and the Patriots. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Cause, exactly. Cause we, we don't play no game. I, I, I'm one of these dudes where until Steve comes on, on, on catch the moment, he's an enemy. He's mortal. <laughs> We, we don't use that no, word anymore. No. We don't use Steve's word anymore. We'll, we have to get him on Catch the Moment. No, nah, it's all good, bro. No, this, this, is, this is super dope. So, um, again, like, so the goal is obviously championship. Now, how does the season, like, because I'm, I, like, I'm, I'm really learning a lot about this. also learned a lot about you. 
Like, is, is it similar in relation to, like, how the season goes along? And it's so many races, and you got to win X amount of races, get points. Yeah. Like, is, is, is it, is it, is it, is it kind of on that level? Is there a big kahuna race? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's sort of, yeah. So all the above. So there's basically the way it works is there's 22 races. Yep. And based on how you do it, each race, you get allotted a certain number of points. Yeah. So we run the first 16 races of the year. And the teams that are in the top 10 in points make what we call the countdown of the playoffs. There we go. So everyone else behind the top 10 is cut off. You can't win the championship anymore. Mm. But the teams that are in the top 10 after those six races have a six-race playoff. So all those points get reset. And it's pretty much start from scratch, start from the beginning. Playoff time. That's Playoff right. time. I you, like you, it. You're, you're familiar with that? I'm, I'm, yeah. That's right. I played seven years, and we missed the playoffs. I think I think we made the playoffs three or four times in my in my seven. Did years. you did you play for Tom Coughlin all seven years? My rookie year was Jim Fossil. Oh, it was my Jim rookie, Fossil. Okay, yeah, Jim Fossil was 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 an interesting cat. <laughs> <laughs> but big shout to you know rest in peace Jim Fossil yeah. because not only was he the head coach that drafted me, I was out of pocket as a rookie in the NFL. Like yeah. like. Low character, <laughs> not to be truck, but you know what? You know, you're 23 years and 23 years yeah. old, and sometimes I think we have the wrong expectations about young men. Meaning, like, in and guess what? When you arrive at certain places, you have to be be a steward. We're talking about your sponsorships, right? These relationships. There's money on the table for different different people, and sometimes just our immaturity, we can't really comprehend that. Um, as as in our current NFL space, you got a far more aggressive situation with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But that is these examples where people, their lives intermingle with the society in a, right. in a negative way. So I was far from that, but I definitely had my own set of issues. Thank God it was pre-social media. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, just, just continue to speak toward that. Um, like, so talk, so talk to me right now. At what stage, like, is it playoff time? Like, I, I'm, I'm actually still learning this and I want to, really paying more attention moving forward. And, you know, when is it when is it playoff time and when is it championship time? Yeah, so right now we're 13 races into the season. Got it. So we have three races left before it's cut off and it's playoff time. Now, the biggest, like you said, the big kahuna race, yeah. there is one big kahuna race in there, and that's in Indianapolis. What's the name of it? It's called the U.S. Nationals. The U.S. Nationals. Be on the lookout for Justin Ashley. U.S. Nationals. My dog is gearing up. That's right. I'm on the hype train. That's right. That's right. That's right. So we have the U.S. Nationals coming up. And after the U.S. Nationals, it's cut off. It's playoff time, top 10, bring your best or go home. So that's when it gets really exciting. And that's when, um, you know, it's really fun to be out there racing because you feel you don't have to change anything. You naturally feel that kind of uptick in energy. Yeah. You feel it. You feel the culture change and, and everything's on the line. So that's when really the best drivers, the best teams come out. I, I freaking love it. All right, yeah. so you got you got your you got your daily disciplines in relation to becoming the the best drag racing team. Obviously, your role, you know, is is it's almost it's not as simple, but it's almost like a jockey in a in a in a, in a like the jockey gets no credit, but I think within <laughs> your world you get some credit, right, right? Right. But you are taming that beast, yeah, to to become the you know the best team, right? Like, but so. I'm interested that the intuitive part of, of this thing, like who are, who are the unsung heroes, right? Like yeah. who are the unsung heroes in the sport that really like, of course there's pit crews and stuff like that, but who are the truest unsung heroes maybe within this? Sport? Yeah. I mean, I think, right. Like you said, number one is the pit crew mm. because of how hard they work. I mean, they work so hard 
and, and I go in there and get all the credit, which to me is just is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, know I you take I, care I, of them. I get it. Yeah, you got to take care of them, right? You got to make sure <laughs> that they're taken care of. So they're the they're the unsung heroes. But what people don't realize is the sponsorships and the value of those relationships, because without our sponsors, we wouldn't be racing. Mm. It's just not possible because in this sport there is a financial element to it. And you know, our sponsor, for example, we have a sponsor, Phillips Connect. Sure. They're our primary sponsor. They make technology. It's called smart trailer technology for all these large fleets Sweet. that they put on trailers. So, you know, TPMS, tire pressure monitoring systems, sure. cargo cameras, GPS tracking. And and the reason they're the unsung heroes is because they're involved with us for a reason, because it generates business for them. Excellent. They don't just put their name on the side of the car. They come out to the racetrack. They bring clients that they have. They bring potential clients to the racetrack, and they're able to get business done that way. So Love without it. Phillips Connect, without these sponsors, this is not happening. I love it. We can't peel out 330 miles an <laughs> hour right. in four seconds. That's right. All right, so what's the legacy, right? Like, I'm over here, I'm looking at you 20, 27 years old on the scene in the middle of, you know, you, you're kind of like beginning to reach your peak and prime, like peacocking, peacocking, dog. <laughs> you know, you, you're getting great things done. But what's, like I said, we know you're going to be a winner. What, what do you want the legacy as you're building this thing to be? I mean, I think the legacy has to be about not only what you did on the track, but the team that you built off the track. Mm. And that's something that's important to me. I always wanted to represent my sponsors and have our team represent our sponsors in the best capacity sure. and be a good representative for the sport because you can only drive for so long. Mm. I want to drive for the rest of my life, but it's important for me to leave that legacy. You know what? I left the sport better than, than how it was when I got into the sport. And, and I think that's important. I think it sets a good influence for a younger generation that's getting into the sport that you are a representative of the sport itself, and, and you have to carry yourself the right way. So that's something that's, that's always been principle-based for me, something that's important. Bro, I love, I love every bit of this, man. It's, it's, <laughs> clearly, it's clear that you, you're fast out the gate, but you got the long game in mind, yeah, yeah. right? And that, that couldn't be more admirable. Um, Justin, anything, anything you want to leave this, this dope audience with, like any, any mantra, any good word, anything, any lesson that you've learned that you've held to be valuable, um, come on, g give me give me one last thing before we out. One last lesson. You could probably give a lesson. I'm going to give a lesson. You give a lesson too. Is that how we're going to do? It? We let's, spit let's, off each let's, other. Let's spit. Okay. All right. So let's I mean, for, for me, right? I think it's important that people realize that no matter what you do in life, like you know, you're playing football, you're racing. There's a physical aspect of it. You know, whether you're, whether you're running a business, but there's also a mental aspect of it. Sure. And I think that that's very undervalued and underappreciated. Is you know, you could go. You could play football and go work out five, six times a week in preparation, but if your mental side isn't right, yeah, what's the difference? The results are not going to show on the field. So my whole thing is you got to put that work in, not only physically, but you got to put that work in mentally to be successful. That's a bar right there. So I'm going to piggyback off of this. You know, I, one of my biggest things is transparency. So this past weekend, I came back from Juice Jam, you know, annual meeting. We own a franchise unit, and to your point. I was spent. Now it wasn't the it wasn't the meeting. It was just life. Life life was closing in. Call it the, the wake of COVID in two years, opening the business, seven kids, everything. It was something that I emotionally hadn't felt. I don't know ever because I'm a I'm a I'm a go getter. Yeah. But when I got off that plane, I had nothing. I had nothing. Now there's two things that you could do. I got so many goals and ambitions. And so the message that I'm going to kind of end with is it's not just the self-care conversation kind of piggybacking off this mental space is that we have to take a moment to recognize our humanity in the midst of what we're, uh, of what we're trying to accomplish and where we're trying to go. 
you'll never be able to get great done without without you being one. I mean, like without you being whole right. as a human, as an individual, and ultimately being in a position to care for the things and for the people that you care about. So, hey, the, the catch the moment bars. We're gonna keep this in that mental health space. You know, what they say take take care take care of your mind, take care of the, the things that matter most. So that every single day you can deliver the dime and be your best. And one day you can get out and get out the gate again, 300 miles an hour, like Justin Ashley. Bro, I can't thank you enough for Appreciate stopping it, in, sharing your journey. This is just the beginning, man. I look forward to watching you continue to do great things, bro. Anytime, man. I really appreciate having me on. Thank you. Oh, thank so you. listen, we're here. I hope y'all, I hope y'all got every single dime that my man is. He's, he's tuned in, he's locked in, his process has been has been has been from the foundation. Take advantage of, of, of what this looks like. The people, your ecosystem that you that you live in right now that you can benefit from. Ask the questions that you can position yourself to be your optimal you. That's what Justin did. That's what I did. I took an assessment of my environment as a young man and I chose football as my path. What's your path? But I just know that the world is full of opportunities and you can catch your moment right now. So I want to thank y'all for tuning in every week. We'll be back. Check, Make sure y'all check in. Comment, subscribe, share on every platform. Catch the moment. See you next week.